Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. All right, we have an important announcement to start the show. Our uh, live look-ins to Aaron Judge at bats are now over. Uh, we, we no longer need to do it. Uh, you can rejoice. No other college football game on this earth will be interrupted with a double box to show college football and baseball. The truth is, it wouldn't have happened anyway. It wouldn't have happened today. And there's one college football game tomorrow. It's a makeup because of Hurricane Ian. And that college football game would have been after the Yankee game ended. So it's not like you guys would have had another interruption in your college football coverage. And this is all because Aaron Judge hit home run number 62. And to be perfectly honest, we almost missed it. We almost missed it. And why do you ask? Because I was sitting here chomping away at my lunch. I had just gotten off of a work phone call, was chomping away at my lunch, and I looked up and I saw Aaron Judge come into the plate, and I realized we were in programming that was not going to allow for live you know, cut-ins. So as soon as I looked up and I saw Judge come into the plate and I finally just stopped looking at my lunch, which, by the way, if you're wondering, spicy ahi poke bowl, do it. Um, I looked up at Tanner and said, hey, Tanner, can we uh, – can, can we go to judge like without any warning, without any, uh, you know, pre-planning Tanner goes from, well, I, I don't know what he was doing. What were you doing at that time, Tanner? He doesn't even know whatever he was doing. It was some kind of work and I don't know what work it was. I don't know if you were going back and looking for something or, or what. I don't know. He just took himself from whatever he was doing, brought him over five feet away Pop me on air, got Judge, and uh, in case you missed it, this is how it sounded. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. That was John Sterling on the WFAN New York Yankees radio network. Driven by Jeep. Um, And you could tell he didn't know right off the bat. Because uh, you heard the inflection in his voice. Hits it high in the air. There it goes! That, hey, the life of a baseball announcer when you're up, it seems like 5,000 feet in the air in a new venue like uh, like Globe Life uh, is in Arlington. where they and I've, and I've heard the complaints. And I see the camera complaints. It's, it's like you were halfway up a mountain uh, trying to call a game there in the new Texas Rangers ballpark. It is, uh, it's kind of like, remember um, last year at Allegiant Stadium? I remember Bobby and John talked about it. They were, the the press boxes in Allegiant Stadium were so high up. How high were they? I couldn't tell you. But apparently they were as high as, as, uh, as you could possibly be. 
in inside that stadium. Uh, but that's why I think for 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 John, it took him like half a second to realize. Oh yeah, that's that's uh, that's got enough. That's that's gone, and it was gone by a good fifteen to twenty feet. We already have winners and losers. We have pluses and minuses. Uh, let's start with the winners, and let's start with Corey Humans. That name sounds really familiar, and 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 I don't know why the name sounds really familiar. I I, I think I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking of somebody who works for another network. Uh, who has Hawaii ties, uh, who does, like, uh, some gambling stuff. Uh, Corey Humans is the guy in the front row, uh, in, and I believe this is Section 31 in uh, in that ballpark. He's got it. Uh, he was immediately whisked away by security to be able to go and uh, get the ball uh, certified and uh, recognized as a piece of history. Corey Humans is potentially going to be very rich. How rich, you ask? He has received offers up to $2 million for home run ball number 62 for Aaron Judge. And you wonder why for those people that are like, well, this isn't the real home run record. Then why wouldn't they want up to $2 million for a ball that's good for sixth all time? I mean, it's the American League record. It's a Yankee doing it. It's still uh, it kind of uh, it, it 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 does still kind of uh, resonate just a little bit. We'll see if he keeps the ball or if he does field more offers, maybe more than two million dollars, or just gives it back to the family who's there. Nah, not gonna happen. Uh, so Corey Humans, who um, by the way, I I hope he treats this a little bit differently than the Toronto bullpen coach who caught sixty one did. Remember that last week? The Toronto bullpen coach caught Aaron Judge's 61st home run. We find out that he is the husband of uh, an NFL Network reporter, Sarah Walsh, who lives in Florida and says, you know, I'm home dealing with the hurricane, you know, the hurricane prep and whatever. Um, but, hey, I think it's Matt Schneiderman's his name. Uh, here, here's my husband catching a home run ball. And then a few minutes later on social media, finds a picture of the husband and says, oh, he gave the ball to uh, security. I am now uh, thinking of a divorce. Oh, Bushman, Matt Bushman, thank you. Uh, because could have made a lot of money on home run 61 while they're, you know, dealing with a hurricane and while they're a little concerned about what things are going to look like. And he gives the ball up for free and she's thinking of a divorce. Yeah, partial, partial joke here. Corey Humans is the husband of a former uh, contestant on The Bachelor. Her name is Bree, who also reports on the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Mavericks for a, uh, I don't know what, what uh, website or television station. But uh, this guy married a member of uh, Bachelor Nation. So there's multiple winners on that front, not just for Home Run Ball 62. The loser. There is a loser here. Uh, you, you know what to do, Tanner. <sighs> the loser was the guy who I don't know what he was thinking, but he was in the front row, jumped off the railing down to the, uh, to the floor level below, 
and, well, did not come away with the home run ball. In fact, he didn't come away with anything except an exit from the stadium. I don't. I. I. I, I wish I knew this guy's name. I, I could. You know, Corey Humans. Hey, cool. Life's changed. Your life changed a while ago when you married a member of Bachelor Nation. Uh, guy who jumped over a railing and down onto a, a field level where you're behind a 15 foot wall. Did you think? I, the only thing I can think of for this guy is that. He didn't think anybody would catch it. That the ball would, the trajectory is so low, either it was going to go under the railing and down below, or someone was going to try to catch it and drop it and have it fall under or, or below the railing and down to the floor. And we watched the video several times, and what do we see? This guy in blue just, you know, turn himself sideways around the railing and go, Yahoo! And jump. And, um, you know, it's not a, not a big jump, but it was a decent enough jump. You know what did not happen? The ball did not go below the railing. You know what did not happen? Corey Humans did not drop the ball when trying to catch it. Uh, but what did happen, this guy who jumped, uh, who I'm sure he must have paid a couple hundred bucks for that ticket at the very least because uh, that would have been a prime spot to catch a home run ball couple hundred bucks for a ticket, and what do you get? You get half an inning of baseball, and you're asked to leave. And uh, the, no- the, the notoriety being on social media as the guy who, you know, jumped. And you ask the guy, I'm sure, at the very end, was it worth it? See, um, last week we got to learn about Frankie Lasagna. Remember that? And Frankie Lasagna didn't even catch the ball. Yet he became, he didn't catch the ball. He wasn't the guy that was closest to catching the ball. Frankie Lasagna was a nobody that should have been a nobody, but he was the only one that was willing to talk. So we got to learn all about Frankie Lasagna. See, um, whoever Corey Humans is, good for him, but the guy who jumped is the guy that I want to know more about. I want somebody to go track that di- track that guy down in the parking lot before he leaves because, you know, the parking lot is going to be so full of people leaving in the second inning. Well, it's actually the fourth now. It you is know. a Rangers game. <laughs> Good point. It's a Rangers game, and they could care less now. I doubt History's any done. of them were excited <laughs> to watch the Rangers tonight. No. And I'm not worried about offending any Rangers fan that's on the island. There are Rangers fans on the island? Where? I think I I played for, like, the T-ball Rangers (laughs) team when I was a kid. Rangers fans, where are you? I don't know that they exist. If there is one, uh, come out of hiding. Uh, Our number is 808-296-1420. They're all probably bandwagoning the Astros. Yeah, or they decided, okay, uh, record, we didn't get the ball, so let's go back to the parking lot and tailgate because, you know, we did spend the money on parking. So uh, let's let's do in-game tailgating. Why not? But that's the guy I want someone to track down. That I want those news stations. You know, on the mainland, they have, like, the, the choppers that when you've got a, a, a car chase going on, the news station sends out the helicopter and they've got video of what's of what's going on. I want that news helicopter to follow the guy that got himself booted from the game after half an inning because he jumped. That's the guy I want to learn more about. And at some point, I'm sure 
if I continue to refresh Twitter every now and again, I am sure we will find out who that guy is at some point because there is some intrepid journalist out there that is going to do the job that we all need, finding the guy who jumped. Uh, but I think this, uh, you know, on a on a more serious note, for all the people who complain about, you know, all the attention over hitting number 62 and whether it's the record, whether it's not the record, so on and so forth, for, for all those people that complain about it, um, if you did not see or you did see the reaction from the Yankee dugout, the reaction around Major League Baseball, the reaction around uh, the sports world, there's there's a reason why this got chased as much as it did. And it's not necessarily because he's a Yankee. I, I will fight back the notion for anybody who claims, oh, it's because he's a Yankee. That's why we have all these cut-ins. I disagree. If it were someone who was on the Tampa Bay Rays, I think we would do the same thing. Why? Because we gravitate to home run hitters. Home run hitters are instant stars because that's what the game wants. You want people who can stand out because they do the thing that is the most exciting to the fan, and that is hit some baseballs out of the park. You could play on any franchise in Major League Baseball. If you hit 62 home runs, you are going to be a star. Fact of the matter is, there aren't many people who hit 62 home runs. And it just so happens, a guy who got drafted nine years ago out of Fresno State happens to be the guy that hit 62 home runs, and he happens to be a member of the New York Yankees. Um, the way the sports world reacts to it, and the way his team reacts to it tells you everything we you need to know about why everybody who could did look-ins when they could, like we did, like ESPN and ABC did when uh, uh, judges at the plate over the weekend during college football, like if you were watching NBA Today when they accidentally did a live look-in on Kyle Higashioka instead of Aaron Judge, why they did Despite all of those people who get kind of tired of it, um, I always think back to the Jalen Rose words that matter. Give the people what they want. And the networks wouldn't do it if the people didn't want it. The Yankees drive ratings. The home run record is one of uh, one of the most talked about records in the sport, whether it's league wide or, or or major league wide, and you follow that, you know where you need to align yourself, and that's what they did. That's why I'm, you know, hey, I I say it facetiously when I say uh, no more cut-ins for us, but I also say that I, I say that sarcastically because of how people have reacted, um, but I also say I wouldn't regret a single cut-in that we did. Uh, and a single programming change that we made um, just to make sure that we were around when the record was there and that we made sure we brought it to you. So I have uh, zero regrets on that whatsoever. If you're wondering, by the way, uh, Yankees-Rangers on CBS 1500, it is a 1-1 game in the top of the fourth inning. And I'm kind of wondering, I think Aaron Judge's day is done. He was the DH. He's supposed to be on deck 
uh, if the Yankees can continue uh, hitting here in the inning. But I think Aaron Judge is now out of the game. So he did what he needed to do. He got home run number 62. And uh, I think now at that point on, because there was the talk about him potentially resting, um, you know, it's he's he's played, I think, in 50-some-odd consecutive games, which is nothing like the Cal Ripken record. Uh, and by the way, Judge is indeed out. Kiner Falefa's in his spot. Uh, they shifted some guys around defensively. So he is he is done. His his day is over. Um but now now is where the real the, 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 the real look begins. Okay, sixty two's done. All right. The look is in seven days, the American League Division Series gets underway. And we know the New York Yankees will be one of the teams playing in the American League Division Series. And we'll have coverage uh, both here on ESPN Honolulu and on uh, on CBS 1500. That is, and, and Aaron Judge knows it better than anybody else, um, that is what's most important from here on out. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Judge rests tomorrow just because it it probably, probably doesn't matter. Uh if he plays tomorrow, what's what's the point? But uh, game one coming up a week from today where the Yankees will take on either uh, the Cleveland Indians or what looks like right now the Tampa Bay Rays in that American League wildcard series. We'll check on Surf right here. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. Texter from the 781 via our Zephyr Insurance text line. We mentioned uh, Matt Bushman, the, uh, the the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen coach who caught uh, home run ball number 61 from Aaron Judge. The Toronto bullpen coach will have a job in Major League Baseball for life. He ain't worried about any divorce. You know, you say that. Uh, you know what the wife says? Nothing of the sort. I don't th- <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think the wife will necessarily care. Bullpen coach or grocery uh, uh, grocery bagger at Safeway. You better do what's right with home run ball number 61. <laughs> uh, thank you for the text, though. Uh, coming up, we will go to the Aloha Kia hotline. Gino Toretta joins us on Tuesdays. Uh, we'll talk with him a little bit about college football. Uh, Bryce Young. Who knows how long he's going to be out? I don't know that I trust that uh, Nick Saban is telling us everything about the injury that he suffered, the the AC joint uh, injury. And and frankly, Nick Saban doesn't need to tell us everything. Uh, HIPAA, of course, comes into play. But also, um, Nick Saban can do darn well whatever he wants. Uh, but it's also not even the most interesting game this weekend. Alabama and Texas A&M, it's prime time. Eh, whatever. Give me Kansas and TCU. That's the game that game day is going to. Two top 20 teams facing off with one another uh, in the Big 12. And we'll preview the game that uh, Gino and his team will be calling on Saturday. 
which is Ohio State and Michigan State, uh, which you'll hear on uh, on one of our stations, uh, depending on the Major League Baseball wildcard schedule. So uh, stay by for that. Uh, we'll have an announcement on that, hopefully, I think, by uh, by late tomorrow or, or Thursday. But Gino joins us uh, every Tuesday. Arnold Martinez, uh, he is, of course, our guy from uh, Countdown to Kickoff on the Rainbow Warrior Network. Our Tuesday turnaround, I mean, there's not much to turn around from except for a, a, a bye week. But uh, there's there's news from the bye week. Uh, of course, one of the, the most fun ones today, Andrew Choi. Uh, being given a scholarship by Timmy Chang in the most anticlimactic ways of uh, of giving a scholarship, just doing a random back and forth with the media, then turning your head, looking to the side, seeing Andrew Choi, and then saying, hey, I got you a scholarship. We couldn't wait till a WWE live event returned to Honolulu or something. We, we couldn't have done this... At a Journey concert? Uh, wait, is that that's this week, right? Journey concert, isn't that Wednesday, Thursday? We couldn't have done this at a Journey concert? Does Andrew Choi know any Journey songs? That would have been a good question. <laughs> that would have been a good question to ask him earlier today. Uh, if you missed that interview, you can check it out on demand a little bit later on uh, with Canole here and Rich Miano. Uh, on demand at ESPNHonolulu.com. My conversation with Gino Toretta coming up next, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Sports Center's on the way. This is ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Great to have you in. It is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. By the way, programming note, tomorrow morning, uh, final game for both the Yankees and Giants this regular season. We'll have both of them here. Uh, Yankees, Rangers here. Coverage at 925. Uh, Giants on uh, CBS 1500. I believe coverage there at 935. Uh, so, you know, we like to, to kind of go from beginning to end. We'll have both of your teams covered, both the Giants and the Yankees coming up tomorrow. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so. Courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Uh, Gino Toretta, the Heisman Trophy winner, the founder of uh, Touchdown Radio Network. Uh, they'll be at Ohio State and Michigan State. We'll talk about that game in just a little while. But the first thing I asked him, because, you know, we, we talk about quarterbacks. He's a quarterback. We had to talk about Bryce Young, who suffered that shoulder injury. Uh, 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 Nick Saban says he's day-to-day. -day, so how does his injury potentially change Alabama's outlook? Well, I think it's huge. I mean, he's the he's the uh, you know the cog that makes that engine of their offense go. I think that uh, you know there's a lot of talented players on the team still, but you know he's the guy with with the most experience. Um, he's the guy that has kind of made things happen at the end of games, and uh, you know a little bit of magic here and there, and and um, you know and obviously he's a he's a Heisman Trophy winner, and I think that. Uh, you know he's going to be a be a big loss. I think that the question, you know, for uh, you know for them is okay if he's got an AC separation. It's it's a matter of pain management through the rest of the season, and how how he's going to do that, or if he's allowed to do that um, going through the rest of the season. So I think that that's kind of the question 
uh, Alabama's going to have as they as they progress through the season. Yeah, and it's not easy when you go in prime time and you've got Texas A and M, and there's all this stuff about uh, what was said in the off season re- regarding uh, the coaches and, and transfer portal and all and all that stuff. Um, but I mean, you you watched. I, I'm sure you've seen because you were calling a different game, but I'm sure you saw that Bryce Young play when his arm went down. Uh, you know the way it went down as he was going to the ground. That's where it looked like that that kind of got awkward right well listen i've i separated uh one ac joint my uh, junior year and the other one my senior year so i've had i've had that happen um and the interesting thing is i had the same thing you know a third down and kind of scrambled a little bit tried to like shovel a ball forward came down awkwardly the same way and just went to the bench and nothing was was happening and then when we got the ball back. I tried to get up and I couldn't move my arm. Like my arm just went dead and, uh, you know, just shoulder pain. And all of a sudden the doctor came over and he's like, you separated your AC joint. So, you know, it, it, it's happened. And, and, uh, that, that's what I mean is he's going to have to deal with it. I mean, I, I deal with it, you know, you got to manage the pain and, and, and keep playing. And that's kind of what I told the doctors. I'm not going to take any time off. You know, how do, how do we do that? You know, is that possible? Um, and and just kept playing. And I think that um, you know that's something that um, that Bryce and and um, uh, you know Coach Saban and the, and the Alabama you know medical staff are going to have to do. As you kept playing through it, um, how how long did it take for you to feel like okay, I I feel myself. Uh, I, I don't feel different. I feel like I'm managing the pain very well. How, how long did that take for you to feel comfortable? Well, you you feel comfortable with the, with the numbness, and then you know I think that the what you're trying not to do is is hurt it more and make it more severe because there's varying degrees of an AC shoulder. Uh, joint separation at first degree, second degree, third degree. In the old days, third degree meant they would cut the, you know, surgically repair, pull the tendon back over the um, the AC joint where the clavicle would meet. So um, he's going to deal with it. I mean, I dealt with it for for years. Even even now, if I put a heavy backpack on on one shoulder for an extended period of time, I could feel it. It would just push down my clavicle a little bit, and you still have some of that movement in there. So. You know, I think that they're probably, or he's probably realizing that, and it's going to be, hey, can you know, can you go? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's going to be one of those things. He's going to have to make that decision at some point in time. But he's not going to be a hundred percent the rest of the season with that injury. Gino Toretta, Heisman Trophy winner, joining us here uh, on ESPN Honolulu, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Uh, he's getting ready for Ohio State and Michigan State, and we'll talk about that game in just a moment. It is such a, a, a different kind of college football weekend because it's the first Saturday in October, which means we're always talking about Texas and Oklahoma. We know the Red River shootout. We know what time it's going to be. We know where it's going to be. We know all of that. Uh, but it seems like it's playing second fiddle to TCU and Kansas, Texas and Oklahoma are unranked. TCU and Kansas are two undefeated Big 12 teams, uh, ranked 17th and 19th, respectively. Um, is it too soon to say that we're seeing a little bit of a shift in the Big 12, seeing the relevance of of where these games are? Well, I think you're you're seeing a, a shift of 
hey, you had Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley left. Uh, you had Caleb Williams, their star quarterback, and one of their star receivers left. Um, you're seeing kind of the transfer portal in a negative light from, from Oklahoma, and they weren't allowed to reload. And then you got a new coaching staff. And and then you see, you know, somebody at, at, at Kansas and, and some of the other schools where, you know, they've had a couple of years to, to prepare and they're and they're doing better. So I think that that's that's gonna happen. I think we're gonna see this, you know, kind of year in and year out where, you know, it's not just, hey, the the blue bloods, if you will, well this team was tenth in the country last year, they got a lot of guys coming back, they're gonna be top ten again. And, you know, it's not always like that. And I think that we're going to see a lot more of this in the in the days of the transfer portal, where teams kind of shock us. I mean, last year was probably the you know the craziest year where unranked teams were were beating teams that are ranked, and you know now we're kind of getting in the thick of the season where it's still happening. Um, so I, I think it's just going to continue, and I, I think it's great. I mean, watching TCU. You know, last week against Oklahoma, TCU's quarterback's a stud, and they just, man, they just blitzcrag the uh, the defense for uh, for Oklahoma. You know, I'm interested, since you mentioned, you know, some of the transfer portal and how that's kind of changed the game. I'm curious, does that now affect how you, if you're like an athletic director, do you feel like if you're a program that has been at a level like Kansas in the past, that you feel like part of how you hire your next head coach, if you're in that position is how your head coach can manage a portal. Meaning um, can he, does he have instant relationships? Is he available to, you know, shorten the length of time to rebuild a program? Like if you're an athletic director, how much does that change the way you hire a coach now as compared to maybe three, four years ago where you may not have that in the back of your mind? Well, I don't, I don't know if you, if it changes how you hire a coach. I think what it changes is the coaches have no time off. You're recruiting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year, you know. And if if you and I are getting recruited out of, you know, out of high school, and and we go to one school, and maybe it's not working out great, and you know that a coach at a different school that we liked is still you know keeping in contact with us through social media and things like that or even even by phone um you know i think that 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 keeps that that communication that hey if there's ever a situation you know hey let me know and and we'll bring you in so i think it's it's just the onus is on the coach to constantly recruit their own players to stay and to manage you know, manage new recruits and then, and then, you know, recruit other players that they didn't get um, that maybe they can get as a sophomore, maybe they can get them as a junior or, or a, um, or a grad transfer. So it changes, you know, and, and you see the staffs that these universities have now where, you know, it used to just be, you know, nine coaches and those are the coaches and that's who you dealt with. Well, the amount of support staff, you know, there's, I mean, we're, we have a personnel, you know, department in college football on our team, you know, just like the NFL. And that's for, to look at other, you know, players, disgruntled players, things like that, guys that aren't, you know, happy. And, and you have to constantly uh, manage the roster. I mean, you know, last week, I think there was 15 transfers at, at, uh, you know, one of the schools we did, I mean, USC had 50, um, you know, it's, you got to manage a lot of those numbers now. It's a whole different ballgame. Gino Toretta, the Heisman Trophy winner, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. You're going to be 
at uh, Ohio State and Michigan State. Uh, stay tuned for a station on which that will be this weekend. Kickoff just after 10 a.m. I feel like Ohio State may be one of the quietest uh, third-ranked teams in the nation that we've had in a while. They're 5-0. and From your perspective, uh, what has been the biggest strength for the Buckeyes? Well, I think it's the quarterback, C.J. Stroud, is just a is an absolute stud. Probably, you know, the front runner for the for the Heisman until Bryce Young's magic at the at the end of the year in the in the Iron Bowl and the SEC championship game. And they have just some, you know, flat out stuff. I mean, Ryan Day and his staff has has recruited better than anybody in the in the Big Ten. Has been, you know, top five in the country for years. You know, and he took over from from Urban Meyer with a lot of success. So. Yeah, I think Ohio State's just, I mean, they're built with, with speed. They're built, you know, great both sides of the ball. But C.J. Stroud is, you know, he's just an absolute stud um, at quarterback. It's been such a disappointment on the other side for Michigan State, though. I mean, three consecutive losses. Maryland seems like kind of a fun team to watch, 4-1, and one, and, and they hung with Michigan uh, when they last played. But, uh 27 to 13 loss recently. The offense seems to be one of the issues here in the last couple of games for Michigan State. Well, and and listen, what was last year? They were kind of, they were kind of the shocker. KG three was up for the Heisman, and and they had all those transfers and and you know a little bit of Mel Tucker magic, and and he put it all together. You know, and this year you you lose those guys, and you're not able to replace them. That's those are the that's the kind of issues that we're having now with the transfer portal. Is you're going to have you know, it's almost like the 49ers last night. I was looking like last year they were an NFC championship game. The year before that, it was like they were 3-13. and 13. <laughs> The year before that, they yeah. were, you know, they were deep in the playoffs as well. It's like, you know, you see that in the NFL because of free agency and losses of players. And now I think you're going to see that with, with colleges. Gino Toretta, uh, check him and the Touchdown Radio team out on Saturday. You'll find out which station that will be on as soon as the uh, Major League Baseball wildcard schedule is announced, but we'll have on one of our stations, uh, Ohio State and Michigan State coming up on Saturday. Gino, as always, a pleasure. We'll do this again next week. Appreciate it, Josh. Good to talk with Gino Toretta, the Heisman Trophy winner. He appears on the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia, you know guy. Um, yeah, Ohio State, Michigan State will be one of uh, several games we have in our uh, family of networks. Uh, stay tuned for uh, for that announcement as we kind of weave through uh, Major League Baseball's wild card schedule, which, by the way, uh, that schedule should be coming out, I think, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, once all the Major League Baseball games are done, tomorrow's the regular season uh, finale. We know there's going to be four games on Friday, four games on Saturday, potentially four games on Sunday, depending on what the uh, uh, the wild card series looked like. So uh, you'll have a lot of uh, a lot of baseball going on. Speaking of baseball, time for our M Dyer Global Scoreboard, brought to you by M Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. Um, I know some you know something happened with a home run. Uh, but I should also mention to you that we do have a uh, no-hitter going on in Milwaukee. The Brewers taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Brewers with a 3 nothing lead on Arizona. And it is, uh, uh, it is a solid six innings, seven strikeouts, four walks for Eric Lauer uh, against Arizona. So Lauer trying to – I don't know how long he's going to last. He's thrown uh, 97 pitches through six innings, and again, he's walked four. I don't know how well that's going to go. Uh, Colton Wong was in the game, 
later left the game after going uh, 0 for 1 with a walk. Don't know what happened there. Uh, but the Brewers do have a 3 nothing lead in the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, the Yankees did see a lot of history today. Uh, Garrett Cole sets the franchise's single-season strikeout record. But nobody's talking about that. Everybody's talking about Aaron Judge hitting home run number 62. Yankees, however, trail the Texas Rangers 3-2. That game is in the top of the, seven, uh, top of the sixth inning. The games that do matter right now... Uh, bottom of the ninth, Atlanta leading Miami 2-1. to one. That game is important because an Atlanta win practically clinches the NL East. Uh, but the Braves are, uh, well, I say but, I should say, and uh, the Braves are one out away because they came into this weekend uh, two up with the tiebreaker. And so a win really would would lock it. The Mets had to play a doubleheader today because yesterday's game against Washington got rained out. Mets, by the way, leading 7-0 in the bottom of the fourth inning, and I believe that is game two of the doubleheader because they won game one earlier today, 4-2. But those are the games that kind of matter at this point uh, because a lot of kind of what we're trying to figure out in the National League side of the wild card picture could get announced uh, just simply by a Braves win. A Braves win... They would be the uh, number two seed. They would get the divisionals. They would get the wild card series off. Then the uh, the Mets would have to play wild card weekend Friday through Sunday. So there's a lot of significance there. Uh, we'll certainly pay attention to that as the Braves are uh, one out away from wrapping that up. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. So a lot has happened uh, here in the last couple of minutes since we brought you our uh, M. Dyer Global scoreboard. Braves have wrapped up the National League East. Fifth year in a row, the Atlanta Braves are NL East champions. So they are on to the postseason. Uh, they, again, they have the first round by. So now uh, you kind of wait for everything else to wrap up in the National League because uh, the Mets will host somebody it could very well be San Diego. Uh, that is not entirely wrapped up just yet. Uh, and then we now know one of the other wild card series in the American League because we know the Yankees and the Astros are going to be the top two teams. Uh, Astros one, Yankees two. Uh, top two teams will get the bye to the American League Divisional Series. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Jays and Mariners. Blue Jays, Mariners in... Uh, one series, and I think it's Guardians-Rays in the others. So you actually get three teams out of the American League East that ultimately make it in. The wild card picture, by the way, in the National League is more so about uh, uh, kind of positioning at this point. Uh, the Mets will either get San Diego or Philadelphia. One of the cool things about this postseason is that we get to see some droughts ended. I have no singular bad thing to say about the Seattle Mariners and their fans and their franchise, um, but they have helped ensure that the rightful place in the postseason drought record book in professional sports no longer belongs to Seattle Mariners because they deserve better. That Mariners franchise has deserved so much better than to miss the playoffs for so long. 
there is a franchise that is more deserving of having the longest streak of not making it to the postseason in American professional sports, and they do now rightfully have it. It is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they, the way that front office works is, um, well, it's, it's a piece of work. Um, but Philadelphia, who did its best work when Bryce Harper was hurt, of all things, Philadelphia has pushed themselves into the playoff picture. So uh, as if, if the season ended today, uh, Philadelphia would be in St. Louis. San Diego would be in uh, a, a New York uh, with the Mets, and that's how the wild card would, would shape up. Milwaukee missed out. San Francisco missed out. Uh, those are the teams that got just shy in the wild card. And then, yeah, the American League is now pretty much settled. Uh, Cleveland and the Rays, Toronto and Seattle, that's how the uh, the American League wild card uh, now kind of shapes up. Baseball's postseason, uh, this is the first time we're going to use this expanded wild card format. Baseball's postseason will be really interesting to see if the money grab to, to bring in more money into the sport. Um, if the money grab is worth it, adding in this... Uh, you know, this this weekend where you have four teams not playing. It's not something I, I I would suggest because, you know, I want to see the best teams playing, not waiting a week. And I don't I don't think it's great for those teams unless you like having the parody and you like having um you 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 like having um, you know, the ability to see some surprises, cool. I don't think you're, uh, I don't think you do that in the best way possible. That's why, you know, the Yankees tomorrow when they, when they play Texas, um, they don't even have the expanded rosters, which is something they, I think they did away with this year. I'm, I'm curious. You sit judge, you, you sit Stanton who has faced a number of injuries over his time with the New York Yankees. How do you involve pitching, you know, these are, these are all things that normally as a manager you get to this point you probably shouldn't deal with. Um, but when you face, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, you face five days off. That's a full rotation week off. And have to prepare for whoever it is you're going to play. Either I think right now it's either Cleveland or Tampa Bay is who you would play in that next round series. Um that does make managing games 161 like now 162 tomorrow uh, just a little more important. Sports Center update. I think we got to look at traffic coming up as well in just a little while. I'm Josh Pacheco in for Chris and Gary. You are listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Our Tuesday turnaround is coming up in 60 minutes. Arnold Martinez, my coach, your coach from Countdown to Kickoff and uh, our uh, halftime show on uh, Rainbow Warrior Network broadcasts. There's not a lot to turn around from except for a bye week, but these bye weeks can be exceptionally important, uh, especially if you're a team that is one in four going into and coming out of a bye week. Um, how do you balance morale how do you balance uh uh the need for improvement 
when you know you've got a team that is 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 scratching and clawing and trying its best, but you know at, at the the same time coming up short, which which it has. How do you balance all of that? So um, we'll talk about that, and and also how does the uh, how, how does the changes at San Diego State, especially when you look at uh, at the offense, how do those changes affect preparation? If it affects preparation, so uh, Arnold Martinez will be with us about an hour from now. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Uh, busy day today, especially around baseball, just because uh, as we near the the uh, the end of the regular season, we get to the postseason coming up on Friday. You've got Aaron Judge hitting home run number 62. Lo- the-, the local angle for us here at Major League Baseball, Kurt Suzuki got a farewell today. Uh, he was given an opportunity after, uh, after one pitch to uh, be taken out of the game and be greeted on the mound by his teammates. Uh, Kurt Suzuki has had longevity in Major League Baseball. He has been on a number of different teams. And while, granted, you know, Kurt Suzuki is not someone that is necessarily uh, an everyday guy anymore. Kurt Suzuki is has been one of those classy dudes. I remember we used to, back when I was on the Big Island, uh, we used to interview him every year for one of the charity events that we did that uh, that he did on Maui, and uh, like clockwork, you know, one of one of the people that were were a part of uh, that event reach out. And uh, you know we'd 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 talk a little bit with him about that and the season and 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 so on and so forth and you know it was always good. Kurt was always uh, super classy, and it was kind of cool to see him uh, just the other night in in Anaheim catch the uh, the opening pitches of the game from his kids. You know they they went out to the mound and and threw pitches to him in front of that crowd. And, and I know in Anaheim, there is a, a lot of other distractions outside of, um, you know, just baseball, Otani and um, Trout and, 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 and Artie Moreno looking to sell the team and a team that hasn't made the postseason in quite some time. Um, it's nice to have something that, that just feels good have somebody some story that just feels good and that's what Kurt Suzuki brings you just brings you something that you can feel good about uh Leroy texts in I'm a product of Les Kiter's radio cast of Yankees Giants and Dodgers says I was in high school and Roger Maris hit 61 and followed closely as well as followed Hank's Aaron's ama- Hank Aaron's amazing run uh, to the record. Love it all. Happy for Judge. I guess uh, we should probably rewind it back for those that did not hear uh, how it sounded. Uh, we brought you the live cut in in the 2 o'clock hour in case you missed it. John Sterling on the uh, WFAN New York Yankees radio network. By the way, Leroy also says also followed other home run hitters. Think all records should be honored. That's what Leroy says. John Sterling on the WFAN New York Yankees radio network 
had the call of Aaron Judge's sec, uh, 62nd long ball. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. John Sterling on the WFAN New York Yankees radio network. I'm happy. That was, that was one of John Sterling's best calls. And John gets a lot of flack from people. I know he's getting up there. I know he started to take some road games off. He actually, I don't think, was supposed to do this series. Um, he he was supposed to have taken in the second half of the year uh, the road trips off. And once Judge started uh, barreling toward the record, uh, John reversed course and said, okay, I'll, I'll go on the road. So he wasn't supposed to go to Toronto last weekend uh, or two weekends ago, whatever it was, and he ended up going. Ryan Rucco uh, ended up having to sit home. I don't know who was supposed to do this series, but it wasn't supposed to be John Sterling. He was he doesn't like traveling anymore. But uh you know he he traveled to be able to chase the record and, and call the American League home run record and I thought that was actually one of his best calls. Part of why that was one of his best calls, we didn't hear the a judging blast. You know, um I think some some can get caught up in that. They can get caught up in wanting to kind of stick with what they do. The, um, you know, this you know, he's he's always got a home run call for somebody, right? Isaiah. Um, they they invoke Ralph's name when uh, when 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 IKF hits a home run. You know, he didn't do that. He actually went away from it. He uh, you know, made sure to recognize history and recognize the names and. You know, and, and and you hear the energy, and and you hear all that conveyed in his voice. Honestly, uh, I, I know John Sterling's probably not going to be doing Yankee games much longer, but that was, I think, one of his best home run calls all year. And if you're going to save it for a time when uh, what it means the most, when we're going to be playing it back for years and years on end, um, yeah, save it, save it for that. Uh, but thank you for the text, Leroy. Uh, our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. We do have Michael K's call from the Yes Network. I think we'll uh, we'll, we'll probably take that in next hour, uh, you know, just to, to, to give Michael K, who's, who's going to be doing some television for the wild card on ESPN, uh, give him a little love because he almost didn't get a chance to do it because you had that Friday game a couple of weeks ago on Apple TV+. And it turned out it was all fine. Major League Baseball's got to love this. And to a degree, I'm sure Major League Baseball loves the other side of this, which is the constant nonsense of uh, what this has also brought, which is those people trying to make Aaron Judge the legitimate home run uh, record holder. Roger Maris Jr. tried to do it on Twitter. I think a lot of us kind of like just pushed that away, just pushed that down. You know the old saying, um, you know, sometimes you know, sometimes bad press is good press. I don't think it's really an old saying, but um, 
Sometimes they say no news is good news. It's a little bit different here. Just being talked about is is good enough to remain relevant, even if you've got to just you know back yourself up as much as you have. John Heyman, who uh, who who writes for the New York Daily News, uh, he has a piece that was just put out a little while ago, and he says here, let's be real. Aaron Judge, not any of those juiced up guys from the steroid era, is now MLB's rightful record holder. Look, um, this is part of why baseball's biggest problem is not the steroid era. Baseball's biggest problem um, is not some people not being able to watch their games. Baseball's biggest problem is not the length of games. Baseball's biggest problem is not the shift. Baseball's biggest problem at times are the people who cover baseball. The, the, the Professional Baseball Hall of Fame, I think, has been sullied, not by whether, you know, not by steroids. The Professional Baseball Hall of Fame has been sullied by the people who believe that they know better than anybody else about who should be in the hall and who should not be in the hall. And I don't know if John Heyman's a Hall of Fame voter. He very well might be. Uh, there are a lot of people who make their votes public. Uh, there, are, there are people who, who don't. I don't know if he is. Um, but I know he does, he does work for MLB Network. He does stuff for the New York Post. He's got a podcast now. You know, uh, cool. But I don't think you have that ability to, uh, to be able to sit here and say, well, you're rightful. And by the way, John Heyman is a Hall of Fame voter, so he is part of the problem. You don't get to walk up today and say Aaron Judge is the rightful home run king. It's not, that's not how this works. Baseball has created the pro- baseball's problem is that it existed, but the bigger problem is that like these self righteous people who cover the sport, and not all of them are. Some of them are very good. Some of them don't let their biases walk through the door when they go through a game. You know, some of them just do their jobs. Some of these guys think that they run baseball and they vote in the Hall of Fame like they think they run baseball. And the thing is, it's not how it works. And I think it's stunning to hear it from a guy who's covered the sport for so long, who covered things during that era when baseball was having such a great time with Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, when baseball was at its peak. And I'm sure at the time... John Heyman was not protesting the fact that, yeah, maybe we learned a little bit after the fact that maybe maybe the sport was a little dirty. But I didn't hear John, John Heyman at the time, you know, a year or two after that, saying we need to wipe out these records. I don't recall that. And, and frankly, anybody who is willing to try to make Aaron Judge the home run record holder is only doing the opposite of what they think they're doing. What they think they're doing 
is promoting the best of the sport. What they're actually doing is diminishing the best in the sport. Those who cover baseball don't necessarily have an obligation to, you know, step up and protect the sport. Your job is honestly just to cover it. Be fair. Write good stories. Talk to players. You know, um, cover the game. Which is why it's one of these problems. We have so many of these Hall of Fame writers that, uh, um, you know, they cover the game and then some. By the way, (laughs) John Heyman, guess what? Guess who's on his 2020 Hall of Fame ballot? Guess who he voted for? Bonds. 2020, Bonds. 2019, Bonds. 2018, Bonds. 2017, Bonds. 2016, Bonds. Five years in a row, and I didn't see the 2021. I didn't see the 2022. This is an old website. But five years prior to all that, the same person who's saying Aaron Judge should be the rightful home run king is voting for Barry Bonds to get into the Hall of Fame. So which is it? I don't think, honestly, that you can vote for Barry Bonds to be in the Hall and then say he can't be the home run king because of what he was alleged to have done um, you know, in his past. Honestly, a lot of the reason why, why Barry Bonds is a Hall of Famer is because of all the home runs he hit. Really, really, really good player. His legacy is home runs. His legacy was as a game-changing hitter in San Francisco. Forget how much of, of, of other tools he had earlier in his career when he was playing in Pittsburgh. When he was in San Francisco, he was a home run threat. You can't have it both ways. If you don't believe, to me, if, if, if Barry Bonds is not the home run record holder, then he's not a Hall of Famer. Which is, it, it, it sounds blasphemous because Barry Bonds was such a good baseball player and I don't think the, the allegations of steroids make the difference from him being one of the best all time to just okay. But you can't, you can't have it both ways. You, you got to figure it out. If you voted for Bonds then you've got to believe that that Barry Bonds and, and by the way he voted for um, he voted for Barry Bonds in his 2021 ballot as well. So he has he has voted him in. He uh, voted him in going back to 2016, I believe it was, all the way up through 2021. I'm guessing he did in 2022 because I haven't seen the 2022 ballot, but he was consistent with Bonds. So it makes no sense for him. To kind of go otherwise. Uh, you can text in our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. You can tweet us uh, at Sports Animals. You can get to me directly at Josh on the radio. And, uh, oh, you can call us as well at 808-296-1420. I guess, and, and, and maybe it doesn't really matter now, Um can you vote for Barry Bonds as a Hall of Famer? Again, it doesn't really matter if you don't think he is the home run record holder. Like, can you give him that status without the record? 
you should be able to answer. I mean, I, it feels like no, honestly. It shouldn't be that way, but I don't think you can play both sides here. We'll check on traffic here in a second. I'm Josh Pacheco. You're listening to the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Sports Center update in uh, about six minutes at Cole underscore Nui Nui on Twitter. Uh, my point here is uh, we were talking about this just this narrative of trying to, to to change the record books with Aaron Judge's home run uh, and me calling out John Heyman. You can't say uh, Barry Bonds is not the home run king yet vote for him to be a, a, a Hall of Famer. I don't. I don't think you can do it both ways. On Twitter, uh, he writes: For a guy in the industry, you sure have some odd views. <laughs> I do. I know I do. I'm glad I'm not like everybody else. It says, why are you protecting the juiced up era? Remember McGee boohooing on TV? If more players uh, shot up at the time, you'd have many 67 plus hits. Per season. Wake up. It's cheating. Aaron Judge rules. Tanner, you have your finger pointed upward. But how many hit over 72? Just one. I thought there was more to that. Um, Look. Just mostly saying that. Look. Yeah. They juiced up. But I'll also say this. I had a lot of fun as a kid watching baseball. When I was a kid. It was the early 2000s, and what were the early 2000s, the MLB, but the juiced-up era. Right. Um, I, I get the outrage, I you know, sure, but you want, us, you want me to act like it didn't happen, and I can't because it did, and it was great for the sport. And frankly, a lot of what was done, like Mark McGuire, what he did – at the time, was legal. I mean, later, ultimately, I mean, almost retroactively, we're kind of like, oh, well, it, it it really actually wasn't. But honestly, what Mark McGuire was taking at the time he was on that home run chase was actually legal. So, you know, now, now you're getting into the semantics of, well, you know, what they were doing at the time. Could they have? Could they not have? At that point, you're wasting your time. Surf here, Sports Center's on the other side. You know, I, I glossed over Kurt Suzuki's moment at the top of the hour, and I and I honestly should have framed it a little bit differently. Kurt Suzuki uh, and the A's uh, and the Angels were in Oakland taking on the Oakland A's, and uh for those that may not remember Kurt Suzuki's, uh, a, a large part of Kurt Suzuki's career was as an Oakland A. And uh, he caught the first pitch, came out, removed him from the game. Everybody on the field came out, uh, gave him a hug. The fans there at the Coliseum in Oakland uh, would get up to a standing ovation. The A's dugout uh, would applaud uh, for Kurt. 
remember he started his career i can't believe this 15 years ago um you know he he first took the field for the oakland a's in 2007 so to go from uh from that to now what will be finishing his career against a rival in oakland uh his family there in one of the uh one of the suites there at the coliseum that's a pretty cool thing for uh, uh for kurt suzuki but his uh again his uh his career winding down angels will play uh tomorrow but i would imagine he probably will not be catching that game uh, as they've given him the big send off here today uh we were talking about one of the uh tweets that we got into the program a little while ago uh why am I protecting the juiced up era was one of the, the tweets that came in. And then the next question was, if you were taking an exam and saw a dude next to you cheating and that guy got 100% on his exam and awarded a full scholarship, you'd be okay with that? You might not take, be able to take your vote back, but you can be better going forward. Um, would I be okay with a guy next to me cheating getting 100% on his exam? Probably not. I also probably, and I don't know, this I'll get, I'll probably get judged for. I don't think I would be the guy that notices someone cheating and then running to my teacher and say, hey, Mrs. So-and-so, or hey, Mr. So-and-so, my classmate here was cheating on his test. I don't think I would be that guy. Would I be, um... Would I be sour if he got 100% on his exam? Sure. But realistically, how many of you actually know what everybody else got on their exam anyway? This is one of these nonsense hypotheticals. If you found out, would you be okay with it? Uh, No. But you know what you can control? You can control you. If you didn't cheat and got 100%, then who the heck cares what anybody else did? to get to 100%. If you did you, and you did you right, whatever happens to that other person, whatever happens. Um, And I don't want to hear this nonsense, oh, you might not be able to take your vote back. He'd been voting for Bonds for what, six, seven years? And this is after Bonds had the record? This has nothing to do with taking your vote back. That's a stance on your vote. That's how you feel about whether he is a Hall of Famer or not. And like I said, I don't believe you can be a Hall of Famer and not have the home run record if you're Bonds. When you're that, and we'll go to the phones here in a second at 808-296-1420. When you are that polarizing, which he is, for a number of reasons outside of just the the allegations of steroids, some of the other reasons how he treated the media um, was kind of standoffish. Some people looked at him as kind of a jerk. You know, um, that morality police kind of knocks you down a little bit there. Um, But that is what he's known for. Good, bad, or otherwise, that is indeed what he is known for. John, thank you for calling in at 808-296-1420. How are you? Hey, Josh. The cheating thing to me uh, on a test is really not a good analogy. But if you, you, because, well, just in that area, everybody was cheating. Uh, And and by cheating, I mean everybody. The steroids were so rampant. Well, not everybody, I though. Just, I don't. I don't think it's fair to say everybody was. There were people that were, but I don't think you can fairly say everybody was cheating. Right. Correct. Yeah. Everybody's not a good. 
But, you know, as far as Barry Bonds goes, I know he's kind of a jerk and not very many people like him because of his attitude. But I would kind of like to point out that technically, officially, he never tested positive. Bingo. Bingo. He, he tested positive, allegedly, on a test that was supposed to, that was leaked, that if this was any other situation, there would be multiple lawsuits because of HIPAA. And remember, Bonds went to court. Bonds yeah. had to answer to a lot of this in in court, uh, answering to a lot of the allegations. Then there was the whole cream and clear thing, and and so on and so forth. But there was never. You're right. There was never an official positive test um, through Major League Baseball system. Yeah. Now, do I think Bonds pro, uh, did steroids? Yeah, I think he did. Did he test positive again? No. Is he a jerk? Yeah, he is. Uh, he's not the nicest guy in the, as far as the media and the public is concerned. But um, he just he never tested positive. He hit 73 home runs. <laughs> and, you know, but in, in the thing, too, is, and, and, John, I appreciate your call. Thank you for listening in. Have a good rest of your, uh, rest of your Tuesday. Um, even if he did test positive, I don't think I would – would start wiping away at records because I, I think that's frankly a waste of time. Um, you don't hit 73 home runs because you're on roids. Uh, you know, I, I still believe in the fact that seeing a ball and hitting a ball, especially one that can come in at you at 98 miles an hour nowadays up to like one Oh two, sometimes higher than that. I believe is the toughest thing to do in sports. Me saying that, having never done it, um, but I believe it is a lot tougher to hit a ball that small coming through a strike zone that small with a bat that is certainly wide enough to a certain degree. You've got to be perfect. And you don't get perfect or near perfect at hitting baseballs like that by allegedly juicing. A lot of that is really the ability to work out, uh, the ability to have the energy to work out more and more and more, but you don't hit 73 home runs because of that. You still have to have impeccable hand-eye coordination. You still have to, you and your staff, you still have to be great at scouting pitchers. Um, You still have to do a lot of work. Not just oh going to the plate and just swinging away, you got to do a lot of work. And you know it, it's it's amazing how much people want to forget that just because roids. It's 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 like the buzzword that makes you forget everything else. No, there's so much work that has to get done outside of that to be a good hitter. Uh, we've got John here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Hi, John. Hey, uh, you know this thing with Barry Bonds, and yes, he had to hit the home runs, but then my question always comes up is that if he was never taking uh, steroids, then how many of those uh, balls would have been foul balls because he couldn't get around it, or it could have been like warning track outs uh, if he wasn't doing that. So, yes, he did hit the ball, but if he's got that much less muscle and he can't get around as fast, I think that uh, it does call, in my mind, it does call into question a lot of his home runs. Well, but that, but 
the but the thing is you you can't answer how much that affects it becomes a hypothetical um or or really i shouldn't say hypothetical um it, it's it's more of just almost just projecting an opinion there's no real fact to oh if he didn't allegedly do this then um you know he would have hit this many home runs not that many home runs there's no real clear answer for that and if you don't have a real clear answer to that then you you really can't knock down the number of home runs he hit well that's why i just put an asterisk next to that number all the time in my mind okay i see where you're coming from thank you for calling in let's get jay in here as well hi there jay hey what's up not much go ahead hello okay so you know, hand-eye coordination, I agree with all that, okay? From Barry Bonds hitting no more than 50 home runs to hitting 70, was it 72? So you're telling me that steroids, you're telling me that that does not contribute to that? I'm telling I mean, you that steroids yeah, I mean, doesn't make you hit home runs. Steroids gives it, you the energy to work out and get more work in, but to say that, to say that that jump is oh, okay, only okay. attributed no to say that jump is only attributed to that would be unfair i'm not saying that steroids did nothing but uh, you know the allegation of steroids okay, or okay. doing steroids did nothing right. but i'm saying you can't just arbitrarily put a number down and say no. yeah. okay well that's the problem okay so his whole career he never hit more than 50 home runs and then from 50 to 72 you don't think steroids had anything to do with that? That's my question to you. What I'm saying is, it 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 may have, but what yeah, I'm, it's a yes or no. It's a yes or no. We question. don't know. We don't know. It so could have, but we don't know. <laughs> what you're basically doing is making a, an, an assumption of whether it could have. We don't know because we a don't have a positive test, but b we don't know how much of that could have potentially gone into how he swung the bat, ball flight, et cetera. Okay. One more question yeah. for you while you're on here. Okay. So do you think that he should be able, like, for record books to, to, to I mean, to be ahead of all these guys, you know for sure the guys back when they're hitting 750, 755, guaranteed there is no steroids around. So do you believe that he should be on the top of those record books? Yes. Yeah, I've, nope. I've, I, I, yes, I, I have said so consistently. Uh, the games were played. Uh, I am not a believer in all of a sudden creating separate records or taking out records because of what happened. No, no other sport does it. No other sport takes out records from the record book just because someone tested positive and was suspended eighty games or was suspended yeah, well, for half a question. season. You do you do you believe Barry Bonds took steroids? Yes or no? Do I believe he did? Yeah, I, I, I do believe he did. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I mean, well, all right. I, I do believe it. I mean, look, the he may not have tested positive um, in a major league baseball but test. You, you, I cannot you argue. You believe that. And, I, and then, okay, I, wait, so, no, let, okay, me that, let me finish. Let me let me finish. Jay, let me finish. Jay, let me finish. Okay. I do believe okay. that he he likely took it. He did not okay. uh, fail a test. I don't think you can argue about how his head size grew. I don't think you can argue about how his uh, body okay. changed. I don't think there's any argument okay. about that. What what I think you cannot confuse it with is you cannot confuse it with how you can't equate that to production because we don't know a lot of the other stuff, you know, in between right. of that. Okay, okay, okay. That being said, you said 
you you believe he took steroids. So you don't believe that from 50 to 72 has nothing to do with the steroids. That you we, said. That's what I said, Jay. And, and thank I, you for the call, you know. Jay, because I, you're going in circles now. Um, I this is I didn't I didn't know the caller asks me questions as compared to me asking caller questions. Uh, I didn't I didn't know I was under trial for that. Um, look. I, I get where people don't want to – there are some people who don't want to give it that. But without knowing any of the other stuff, how can you – I mean, still hitting 50 home runs is really good. How many hitters right now are hitting 50 home runs? You want to know the answer? One. His name is Aaron Judge. Nobody else has broken 50. I don't hear anybody right now talking about Aaron Judge on steroids. I don't hear that. Texter from the 343. Josh, you're a steroids apologist. <laughs> you got me. You got me. A steroids apologist. You know what I am, actually? I'm a believer that you can't take away what you've already seen. It's not, it's not hard. It's like I hate when the NCAA decides, hey, we're going to vacate wins. Um, the games were played. I mean, what are you going to do about that? The games were played. Vacating wins means nothing because it happened. It's not being an apologist for steroids. I don't condone taking steroids whatsoever. I'm not a, being an apologist for steroids whatsoever. But you know what? You, you know what? Um, it, it is not specific to a player. It is blanket across the board. McGuire, Sosa, Palmero, etc. The games are played. And it's not like they were the only ones. If you're going to cancel one, then you got to cancel all. But where do you draw the line? You can't because you don't know. If you played the games, they were played. They were done. Stop living in the past. Stop trying to revise history. You can't do it. You don't have to condone the action or the alleged action um, you know, to believe what a record is. You, you, you don't have to. You can, you, you can shoot it down as much as you can. Still say, well, yeah, you did hit all those home runs. You try hitting that many home runs. We'll check on traffic here in just a moment. First, our M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. No hitter into the eighth inning. Astros and the Phillies. Houston leading 8 nothing. This game is important for the wild card chase. Uh, but in that no hitter, uh, Justin Verlander, who has now been pulled from three different no-hitters going into the seventh inning. Verlander is out of the game. So the Astros' bullpen will try to continue uh, this no-hitter. If it goes to the ninth, uh, we'll be able to get you some bonus coverage on that game. Uh, the Phillies have been no-hit through seven and two-thirds innings. Yankees win 5-4 uh, uh, to four over the Texas Rangers. That was uh, earlier today, uh, second game they fall uh, three to two. 
Giants trailing the San Diego Padres 1-0. That is in the top of the fifth. Those are just some of the games on a, on a very busy day. Other than that, the Atlanta Braves are your NL East champions. Braves today defeat the Miami Marlins 2-1. And uh, we know one of the AL wildcard matchups, it will be Cleveland uh, taking on Tampa Bay. We know the other, it will be Seattle uh, taking on um, uh, Toronto. Those are the two wild card matchups all set up now in the American League. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, always on the move. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. All right, we got a lot to do in hour number three. We will have bonus coverage coming up of the Houston Astros uh, trying to uh, secure a no-hitter. They have no-hit the Philadelphia Phillies through eight. That game actually... Uh, potentially solidifies the the rest of Major League Baseball's postseason picture. Uh, so we'll take you there for the top of the ninth coming up uh, next hour when we get there. Our Tuesday turnaround with Arnold Martinez is coming up in about nine minutes. Uh, so the 5 o'clock hour is going to be locked and loaded. We've got volleyball tickets to give away for Friday night. That is on the way. But uh, text of the day from the 497. Josh must have taken steroids in his lifetime. I could hear the laughter from two studios down. Tiff, you laugh really loud. <laughs> like, I, I guess the, <laughs> none of the doors are closed except for this one. But that text was so good that we got laughter on the other side of the studio and the other side of this office. Um, I, wish I, I, I wish I could give you an award for that texter from the 497, except for maybe like a, an imaginary gift card to GNC. I don't know. Uh, you, you guys see me every day. Do I look like someone who's taken steroids in his lifetime? You look like you need steroids. <laughs> My, you, could, you could do it with a little <laughs> bit of extra bulk. Get a little berry, you know? My hat size has shrunk in the last two years. My fitted caps don't fit me anymore. Because we know that's how we all judged bonds. Texter, uh, haha, please do. I guess he wants that imaginary GNC gift card. Uh,. <laughs> Texter from the 220. Not often I agree with you. Glad we got that baseline started. But for this, I do. If the hitters were on steroids, so were the pitchers. And some were. So many were doing what they felt they needed to get an edge. Hitters had to hit against pitchers who were also juicing. There is that. Uh, Tanner, I've got about 60 seconds here. Uh, you wanted to add to this point on Jerry Rice. Um, please enlighten. And I do realize, totally different sport, right? But I think these are very similar. Do we not remember Stick'em? You know, the banned substance in the NFL in 1981, where they banned it four years before Jerry Rice, you know, came into the league. Oh, and then Jerry Rice, about seven years ago, had an amazing quote where he said, I know this might be a little illegal, guys. I put a little spray, a little sticking on him, on the balls, just to make sure that the texture is a little sticky. And he further went on Twitter saying, I apologize, people, after doing my research about Stick'em. The NFL banned this in 1991. All players did it. 
Mm-hmm. So do we take away all of the records from Jerry Rice, who everyone agrees is not only the best wide receiver in NFL history, who is considered one of the best NFL players mm-hmm. of all time, who used Stickum for a while in his career right. in the 80s and 90s? Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see uh, all, all, all the hypocrites line up on that one. Uh, Arno Martinez, a no-hitter alert on the way after Sports Center. All right, we're going to go to Houston shortly. Uh, Astros have no hit Philadelphia through eight. Uh, We'll take a live look into uh, the ninth inning coming up in a moment. Astros have a 10-0 lead on Philadelphia. Our Tuesday turnaround, we'll get that started with with the coach, Arnold Martinez, in just a second. I do have to respond to to the person who said, uh, I must be on steroids. Uh, Or to the person who said, they meant on the clear. All right, fine. Um, yeah, if, if steroids means an obsession to the, uh, Longanisa sausage musubi at 7-Eleven, then yeah, totally, totally guilty. Um, uh, that would explain my figure at this point. <laughs> that would explain everything. It also explains why I'm in withdrawals because at the 7-Eleven they have down here that sells it, they don't have it. So, uh, there, there's, there's, uh, there, there's some withdrawals there. Okay. Um, our Tuesday turnaround with Arno Martinez. We're going to have him hang on the line because we're going to go to bonus coverage right now. Astros leading the Phillies 10-0, top of the ninth inning. The Astros are three outs away from what would be a, a combined no-hitter because uh, that started with, uh, with Justin Verlander. Verlander did not finish the game. So uh, they have gone to the bullpen to try to finish this out. Let's take you to Houston for some bonus coverage. Greg Olson, here's Mike Cousins. Well, uh, there goes the no-hitter, and when it's the number nine hitter that breaks it up, uh, it's even even more special. Uh, the Astros' bullpen can't hold the no-hitter. Most importantly, the Astros have a 10-0 lead on Philadelphia in the top of the ninth inning. Uh, that game is available on the ESPN app on the audio side. Uh, now let's not get any more interruptions uh, on our Tuesday turnaround. The coach, Arnold Martinez, joins me now. Uh, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Coach and I will see you at Big City Diner Waipio coming up on Saturday for countdown to kickoff leading to Hawaii and San Diego State. Uh, and by the way, uh, for, for all those say, oh, I must have taken steroids because we've been talking about the steroid conversation. Coach, uh, you have told me you're going to get me in the gym. So uh, we, we can we can <laughs> knock down some of those rumors right now. Man, I t- then... <laughs> All right, let's see it. Let's see it in action. I got to see if you're on that, and let's just get you on. Let's get you on some weight and some iron. Let's check it out. Ooh, you're gonna be so disappointed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 talk some ball. Um, you know, Hawaii's coming off of the bye week, and and before really the X's and O's of it, um, you know, it, it's a it's a an interesting time to go into the bye week because now your entire focus is on conference play, but you also, you, you have the effects of a, of a one in four record and uh, you know, some seeming improvement offensively and also trying to get guys healthy. We know Hawaii is going to get a few key receivers back coming up this week when they take on San Diego state. So with all of that kind of swirling around, um, you know, how do you prioritize, uh, you know, uh, uh, that off week to lead into conference play? We're really, we know the the overall record, but we know the real record, the conference record's zero and zero. Yeah, I mean, you you take the bye week as you know extra preparation time. You know, it's, it's 
coaches never feel like there's enough time in the day, enough time in the week, enough time in the off season, enough time in the office. They're wired a certain way. So there's never enough time, but what you got to do, you're right. You have to have a balance. You got to be very, uh, I think strategic about it. Um, and a lot of it comes into, you know, when does the buy happen? It sucks when the buy happens super early and, and super late <laughs> because, you know, you want some kind of reprieve somewhere in the middle. Um, you want to, you want to get guys, like you said, get guys healthy. They're going to do that. So you, you prioritize uh, what you're doing in that bye week, you know, based on your current situation, how many guys are dinged up? Um, how are you playing? How are you executing? What things do you need to fall back on? How do you, uh, you, you know, maybe reinstall, get some review done, and get back down to basics, you know, uh, get some practice days where uh, you're not just totally, uh, you know, physically banging each other up there, but uh, you are getting good good mental reps and good walkthroughs. And and um, and then maybe a, one, one day or a couple of days where you are, you know, maybe going to the ground on at least tackling drills. And, and so, again, a lot of it's based on self-evaluation, and I'm sure they've done a lot of it. You know, uh, a lot of reflecting, a lot of self-evaluation saying, you know, we need to get better at these type of things and let's use this time to do that. Um, and then again, I think I talked about this before, maybe some team bonding, something to break up the routine and um, you get those guys healed up and then evaluate some other personnel, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a great time to, you know, if you have some guys who are close, who are grading out close, maybe they're, um, you know, they're, they're right there on the cusp of, you know, breaking into the lineup, getting more reps in the game, rep, in, in the game, getting more game reps, they evaluate those guys and, and uh, see if uh, you can't get, you know, make some uh, personnel changes to them. So there's a lot of things to it. You know, the, the point on you know, even morale, I, I think is so huge. And I, and I think of today, um, you know, with, with Timmy Chang offering the scholarship to Andrew Choi uh, in, in, a, in a nonchalant way while, while talking to reporters um, you know, around practice mm-hmm. time. That, that's that's uh, not just a, a cool way to get get the uh, the young student athletes, you know, fired up for, you know, for one of their own. But um, also to, to, to really kind of, you know, get game week kind of pumped up in a positive way, too, and reward someone for the work that they've done to get to this point. Oh, you know, and that's the key to morale, right? Is guys do everything they're supposed to do. He had mentioned he's doing everything right. He works hard, and and I coach the kid. He's a he's a good kid. He's he's great. I, I, good for him. I'm glad for him. Happy for him. Great stuff to see it. And then you see the uh, to see the joy from his teammates, right? That were all yelling and running over to him and cheering, and and in his reaction, giving Coach Timmy a hug and. And, uh, you know, just his uh, appreciation. And so, um, yeah, all of those little things uh, can, right, it helps. There's an old saying in coaching, right, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, um, you know, we know Timmy cares. He cares about the players. And, and, um, and, and then what he said was, you know, he deserves it, a guy who's doing all the right things and working hard and, and and when you do those things, you get rewarded. You know, you got to earn. You got to earn it in the world, right? And and when they can, any program, any program around the country, when they can offer, uh, you know, a guy who is not on scholarship, and uh, you know, they earn that. Um, it, it it man, it it hits it hits real hard. And so happy for him. And yeah, boost the morale. You got you got to do some stuff, uh, you know, outside of football sometimes because. 
you know, they're just, they're regular people. They're kids. And if all you're going to talk to them about is X's nose when you see him, you know, in, in the street, in the hallway and everything else, they'll know right away, man, this guy doesn't care about me <laughs> as, a, as a person, right? They'll see through all that stuff. They're smart enough. And so, um, you know, break it up. And, and, and I think the morale scene, from all, from all accounts and what I've heard from coaches and people kind of around the periphery there is that uh, the morale is, is, is good right now. And, you know, they understand they got a long way to go to keep building. And the kids, are, you know, all you can ask is they play their hearts out. You know, they work hard in practice. They do everything right off the field. They don't have any entitlement issues. They, they earn what they get and they give their best. And if they're doing that and we're all do, they're all doing it together and the coaches, then they can, they can live with what's going on, you know. You know, I, I feel bad, and Arnold Martinez joining us part of our Tuesday turnaround. He's with us courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. I, I feel bad. I, I, I feel like I should have led um, with, with talking about Andrew Choi because, as you said, you, you coached him. Um, his journey to this point is, is really great to see. Outside of just what he's done um, around the University of Hawaii football program, his journey is a great one to talk about, too. Yeah, yeah, he's like I said, you know, great kid and 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 you know, and I had made him a captain in high school and um and really hoped to rely on him to, you know, keep guys together and and get going. He always had a great attitude. Just tried to work at it and whatever the circumstances were, um you know, just kept working hard and um I remember he was one of very few that I can actually recommend to different coaches and colleges that I spoke to. So, um yeah, his journey and to see him and following his footsteps of his brother, obviously. Right. And he's home. And, and um, we know his brother was a very, uh, you know, high impact guy when he played for Zeno. UH two. So yeah. Yeah. Zeno. you know, so great stuff. Good to see it. Good, you know, great to see it. You know, I, I think the other thing worth noting um, when, when we talk about morale, it is helpful when, when we start moving into the X's and O's that when you look at a depth chart and for the first time you can see um, a, a, a bold, lettered name next to QB one. And uh, that's what Braden Shager is. Uh, this is the first time you're going into a game week, really not questioning who the guy is. That's going to be taking snaps. And it, it's been a difficult journey for every quarterback who has gotten an opportunity to play on this roster. Um, but I'm sure in, in Shager's case, he's, uh, he's happy to, to at least have that leg up and now feel like he's got the confidence to move forward. Yeah. You know, and I think that, um, when you're in that position, I, I I've been there too. When you, when guys are close and you're trying to figure it out and you're letting those guys compete for the job, like I said, earning everything. Um, when they go out there and they put in the work and they earn it, the coaches have their criteria, you know, it's just not some random thing. It's, it's, you know, I'm sure, you know, they have a actual evaluation criteria and a rubric that they, they're following and say, Hey, w- what can we, you know, how can we get the max potential out of these kids so that they can execute and help us win games in combination with everybody else? You know, it's just not one player in football. You know what I mean? It's not one pitcher on the mound controlling the pitches, you know, and, and giving the baseball analogy. You know, every piece is connected to the other piece when all 11 guys are on the field. You know, what the quarterback does will dictate how good your receivers are. If you have a bad quarterback, receivers are gonna, aren't going to get anything. You know what I mean, Right. You might have the greatest athletes at receiver, but if the quarterback can't get, get the ball, an accurate ball out, then you don't have the, quote, greatest receivers. You might have the greatest athletes, but you might have the greatest receivers because the ball's not getting there, right? So everything is connected. 
You know, every every position. If the O line's not uh, pass blocking, then your quarterback's not getting the ball out. Then the receivers not. So I mean, who should the receivers be mad at? The quarterback or the O line? <laughs> I used to tell our receivers all the time, stop yelling at the quarterback if the ball's not perfect. Catch a bad ball. If, if the ball's not perfect. You know, stop yelling at the quarterback because when you when he throws you the perfect ball, he doesn't run out to you in the middle of the field and yell at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. And my son plays receiver. You know, so it's funny. You know, you just give them perspective. Like, hey, everybody counts here. And by the way, your partner who was at slot, you were at wideout. He didn't run the right depth and smash in and and create the window for you. So why don't you yell at him? <laughs> you know, right? You know, everything is connected. And so that's my point. And and Shager. Now that he's there, he you know he's earned it. Um, he he has to know that you know it's not just about him, but it does give you a little relief, I think, mentally when you say, okay, I'm going to get these reps. I got to go out there and perform. Um, and and it's not to put the other quarterbacks down either. They got to know that they're one snap away from getting in there all the time. They got to be prepared. They got to prepare as if they're going to be QB one mentally. So um, you got to have enough guys in there, in you know, in case for contingencies if, if something happens. Um, but, you know, in my opinion, you know, Shager earned it. I thought, he again, going back to, you know, his, his uh, analyzing his play, right, I thought he's, he's more mobile. He can, exp- he can extend plays a little bit better than, uh, than Yellen and the other guys that we've seen. Um, I think uh, he does have a slight edge in that category, athletic ability. Um, both had similar processing speeds. But now that he can get in rhythm and get most of the majority of the reps, he has to build that chemistry with the receivers. Quarterbacks have to work at building chemistry with the receivers, and that'll improve their anticipation um, and their instinct and their processing. So, yeah, good to see that, you know, they named them, and, you know, it's time to go to work. On the other side, we'll take a look at traffic here, and on the other side, we know what's going on at San Diego State with some of the changes they've made offensively. We'll we'll talk about whether there's a, a game plan uh, change that you think of with that, how, how you attack that from the other end. We'll do that coming up on the other side. Coach Arno Martinez is with us as part of our Tuesday turnaround. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. It is the uh, Tuesday turnaround with Coach Arnold Martinez. This is the Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu at 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, Coach. um, One of the parts of the conversation leading into this Hawaii-San Diego State game is uh, a lot of the the coaching turnaround at San Diego State, especially on the offensive side, new offensive coordinator, new quarterbacks coach, uh, and a a disappointing, and granted, injuries as well. Uh, They've lost their top two quarterbacks. uh, One for sure, one is day-to-day. Put all those things together. Uh, if you're Hawaii, how does that affect game planning? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of different uh, moving parts going on there, and some of the very last minute, which kind of negated your bye week advantage. You know, we just talked about that is, you know, getting some early prep done. But, you know, after this Boise loss, they fired their OC right on Sunday. And um, now the former OC under Rocky Long, uh, the old the other head coach, the prior head coach, and it, um, the new OC now, it'll be Jeff Horton, who is on staff. Now, he was the OC in the past, like in Rocky, on Rocky Long's mm-hmm. staff. Um, so he's going to take over. And so what that means really is that all the scouting that Coach Euro, the defensive staff um, that they did prior to the bye week and then through the bye week this last week, and all that goes out the window. And, and it, not all of it. I would say a percentage of it. Um, they'll have to adjust and go back to, you know, past 
games when Coach Rocky Long was there and Horton was calling the O and really kind of analyzed that game film. So I'm sure they did that Sunday as soon as they got the news. Um, you know, and, and, and that way, you know, they can pick up, um, you know, after they analyze the film, right, the staff, um, they can pick up, you know, and some tendencies. They really got to break down, analyze Coach Horn's play calling patterns and tendencies, you know, because that's really what's going to change. I think the scheme, the alignments, they won't change much, you know, the foundation of what they're doing because you, you don't want to sell the farm and then have everybody learn something new. You have to build on what they already know. Um, but the types, so the types of plays won't change much, I think. But what you will see is personnel matchups, right, because he'll have his own preferences on the way he wants to get matchups in the game. So um, alignments might change in that sense with who's aligning where. Um, change, um, the play calling patterns, uh, they will change for sure. So he will not have the same type of patterns, um, which is what they're looking for. Is what, That's what Coach Hoke is looking for because, you know, they're dead last in a lot of categories. Well, they're close to dead last in a lot of offensive categories. I won't mention who's dead last in the nation, but, I mean, they're, they're <laughs> close to it. And then um, um, there, I know in one category, third down conversions, they're the very last. They're like 131 there out of 131 teams. But Coach Hoke, he wants some, some, some type of infused change within what they're already doing. So I know – Play calling patterns will change. You'll see personnel matchup change. So that changes your preparation. You got to go find those things and say, okay, how do we get ready? If they get enough scout done on those things, they'll have a foundation to run through scout scout looks this week at practice, and then you know at the game they'll have to be ready to adjust on the fly. Arnold Martinez, I will. Uh, I'll see you, Coach, on Saturday. Uh, Big City Diner at White Peel. We'll be on the air at two thirty. Uh, thank you so much, as always, for giving me just a, a piece of your time here on these Tuesdays. And uh, I'll see you Saturday, and we'll do this again next week. Looking forward to it. See you Saturday. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, appreciate you as well. That is uh, Arnold Martinez. He's our coach, your coach, and our guest as part of Tuesday Turnaround, uh, courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. We got texts. We've got tweets. We got so many things to kind of rewind on on what has been uh, a very busy Tuesday. First, we'll check on traffic. This is the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. So I didn't know something until maybe a, a couple of minutes ago during our commercial break. Uh, our own Tanner Hayworth was called a pessimist this morning, or was it was what was the correct term? You're pessimist, negative. What, what was the correct Brutally term? Brutally honest. Brutally honest. Man, I would love to be recognized as brutally honest in sports radio. Hey, that's that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. For those that weren't listening this morning to these sports animals uh, filling into the Bobby Curran show. What were they calling you brutally honest for? I think I can't remember the exact words I said. But oh, I do that know, nearly tanked the segment. Right I now. know the the what I said. The notion was San Diego State is probably going to run the ball up Hawaii probably a thousand times for three thousand yards, probably <laughs> approximately. Right. So I I just don't like we are talking about the quarterback issues. 
with San Diego State, how the guy was 0 for 7. The guy, another guy has a concussion. Another guy has a broken collarbone. They're moving a safety to quarterback. What are they going to do? Probably do what they've done for, what, the last millennium? Yeah. Run it up the middle or maybe (laughs) do a stretch here, a stretch there, a power toss here, a counter maybe, or maybe just do an HB dive. Man, look at you going deep into the playbook. I know it's deeper than what their last offensive coordinator did, I guess. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's... uh, And it's not like anything to be down on Hawaii. No, no. I'm just using, you know, very recent history about, you know, getting run on. Go history. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's it's like the adage. I'm going to adjust the adage a little bit Uh, until they stop you. uh, Just keep doing what's successful. Right. Um, You didn't really stop New Mexico State. Not to bring back some old, really harsh truths there. Um, and if you're San Diego State, you do it better than almost everyone in the Mountain West, with the exception of Air Force. Run the football. Uh, San Diego State is not quarterback you, but look at all the running backs from San Diego State who've made it to the NFL. Rashad Penny being one of the most recent ones. Um, I trust running backs in San Diego State's team. I trust offensive linemen on San Diego State's team. Um, and really the challenge, and we probably could have talked about it with Arnold, but we just didn't have the time. We were kind of running out of it. You know, we can focus so much on offense because I know that's what a lot of you care about more than anything else. It's probably what what most of you feel like you can recite back anything from more than anything else. Defense, yeah, whatever, but we want to score 50. I mean, that's that's how a lot of you are. Um, but where this offense is, nothing is going to matter offensively if you can't stop the run. You can't stop the run. I don't care what improvements your offense makes in the addition of some of the, some of the run and shoot concepts and uh, solidifying a starting quarterback and and having guys like Chuki Hines and others returning from injury. None of that matters if you give up 300 plus yards rushing especially right down the middle of your defense, it's probably going to be a loss. And if you can't handle that brutal honesty, then you probably didn't watch Flow Sports two Saturdays ago. Or, you know, chose not to waste the money on Flow Sports, for which people should have gotten refunds on that. Because it that is the, the brutal, kind of, maybe not brutal, but that is the bluntness of what happened to Hawaii. Offensively, slight improvement. Defensively, to me, that was a major step back. And we know, I mean, we heard Timmy Chang earlier today when they announced that uh, that Andrew Choi was getting a, a scholarship. You know, he also did mention, you know, he's been doing the right things. Um, you know, they've been... Um, He's, he's been in some high-leverage situations on the field. They're also kind of shorthanded um, at that position as well. And, and and there has been some some news on that front here today, not just with uh, with Andrew Choi, but uh, you know also we have to mention the the medical retirement of Matteo Soli. Um, 
you know, and that's one of the unfortunate aspects of this conversation. One defensive end ends up on scholarship. Uh, one defensive end, and Matayo solely expected to petition for a medical retirement. So, you know, there's there's a, a lot to kind of think about there. Uh, but that is also where, quite honestly, where, where this team is shorthanded and where its defensive front uh, really could not stop a running back from getting by, especially, um, you know, on, on all ends, in, in between the hashes and outside of the hashes. So um, it might be brutally honest. Um, until proven otherwise, it is the game plan for how you game plan against Hawaii's defense. And, and maybe the run is just kind of the simplest way to go about it, but even more so is um, teams can feel like, I, I think after watching the New Mexico State game, offensive lines from opposing teams have been given the belief that they can run rough shot right through Hawaii's defensive line. That Hawaii's defensive front can be easily moved around. That, you know, and, and we may not be saying that in, in every individual instance, but frankly, this is a Hawaii defense that has three sacks in five games. This is a Hawaii defense that is averaging... um what, one-and-a-half tackles for loss per five games? Or, I know, was it one-and-a-half? I, I can't do the math. I think it's, I think, no, it's uh, two-and-a-half. It's two-plus tackles for loss. Forget it. I'm not doing the math. Um, at least two tackles for loss. Two tackles for loss per game when you have an offense on the other side that will run a number of plays. Um, sometimes upward of 50-plus, and you stop two behind the line of scrimmage per game. Do the math. Um, that is not, uh, defensively, that's not a recipe for success. You're averaging, opponents are averaging 260 yards on the ground against you per game. Um, you've given up 18 rushing touchdowns in five games. Granted, some of the opponents are the way they are. Um, 18 rushing touchdowns in five games. Put that in perspective, um, and you'll see where maybe as much as everybody likes offense, everybody loves touchdowns, everybody loves the big plays, maybe some of the attention needs to shift to defense and needs to shift to shoring up um, Hawaii's defense, especially on that front line. Uh, Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. <laughs> Texter from the 499. I think, this, I think this person thinks he's funny. Josh Pacheco says he believes Barry Bonds took steroids, but doesn't know if that contributed to his record-breaking 73 home run season after never hitting 50 home runs in a season. Asterisk next to Pacheco. I'm glad that someone got a kick out of that in the other room, and they got that, the asterisk next to me. Huh. Hey, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. So you tell me then, uh, do you know for sure that 
23 home runs were solely due to steroids. And you know how exactly that 23 home runs were hit due to steroids. Do you have the science? Do you have all the intel that we don't know about? We don't know for sure. And it's it's not a cop-out answer, but I think it's rather convenient that you just blame steroids when some of the pitchers you're facing are also on steroids. So, uh, what? The pitcher means nothing, but the batter means everything? You can't... You, you can't be selective on your outrage. You know, be be outraged always or no ways. Figure it out. We can we can take this call here at 808-296-1420. Uh, that's where you can dial into us here on this program. Uh, you can text us. Our Zephyr Insurance text line is at 808-296-1420. You can tweet us at Sports Animals, at Josh on the radio. Uh, this has been just kind of the... Uh, the fodder of this show, at least for the last hour or so, after we brought up John Heyman. John Heyman, Hall of Fame voter, says Barry Bonds is not the home run record holder, but he's also voted for Barry Bonds to enter the Hall of Fame. So which is it? Mark, thank you for calling in. How are you this afternoon? Hi, Josh. I'm good. How about you? Good, Mark. What's going on? Well, I like some of your statements. You you really have a good um, grasp of that that steroid thing, PED thing, but I just cannot believe that people are bringing this up. Major League Baseball made a fortune off of Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. And then Conseco Conseco wrote the book and then exposed supposedly the steroid era. But the fact is nobody can prove who did it really and who didn't. I can't remember the guy that was the closer for the Dodgers during that time. But when all this came out, remember that guy? The name is is escaping me. Yeah. And he was lights out. And then after all the controversy. Oh, Eric uh, Eric Gagne. Eric Gagne was his name. Gagne. Look at Gagne's record after everybody was getting down on steroids. He actually was released by the Dodgers. The next year. Mm-hmm. But nobody said he did steroids. Right. And, I mean, everything pointed that he did. I didn't say it, but the fact remains nobody really can pinpoint, like you said. I mean, I think that's what you said. They he, can't pinpoint who did it, when, and where. Yeah. And, and by the way, Gagne, 10 years ago, admitted that he did HGH and said 80% of his Dodgers teammates were doing PEDs. And you know what gets me? Look at the other sports. I was going to text you this, but there's just too much to say. <laughs> Look at the other sports. They have rules. I think once in a while you hear people in the in the NFL getting four-game suspensions, which to me, when it was going on in baseball, I mean, baseball, what do they do? Half a season, and it goes into the next season. Like um, the guy from the Padres has got to go Tatis. into the next season. Yeah. Right. That he's gotta be, he's gonna be suspended. But it's like they don't, they don't go nuts like baseball does. Baseball to me is a bunch of sanctimonious writers, not all of them, but a lot of them, that they think baseball's pure. It's never been pure. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, they've been cheating all the time. Just you can't prove it. And I feel that enough already. You know, Barry Bonds is the home run king. I love Barry Bonds. If he did steroids, I don't care. Because like you just said, a lot of Dodgers admitted to it. A lot of players was doing it and never got caught. Right. That's, that's you know, you want to put an asterisk. The asterisk goes on baseball, not on Josh, and not on Barry Bonds, and not on all the guys that probably did. I mean, they probably did it because Barry Bonds looked at it and said, hey, it takes more than a steroid to hit a home run. Yep. But I'm not going to deny that it helps. But everybody was doing it, and baseball made a fortune on it. And it's disgusting when these people call up and try to make baseball so pure because it ain't. It ain't pure. And I love baseball. Oh, me too. Even though my dad stinks. <laughs> Hey, uh, at, at least we're not sub 500, 80 and 80. I guess it, it, it could be worse. Uh, Mark, good to hear from you. Thank you for dialing in. Um, his point, I think, is, is the point that I've made. It, it's, it's, it's selective criticism. Um, you're, you're willing to criticize one guy just because he happens to have a record. You're not willing to criticize everybody, but you're willing to go after one guy. And, and the only reason why this is up, and, and, and Mark's point, and, and my point as well, why are we here again, um, is because, A, you've got someone hitting a bunch of home runs. Uh, B, you've got Roger Barris Jr. going on Twitter and saying, I believe Aaron Judge is the single-season home run record holder. Uh, and, and that obviously carries a little bit of weight in, in the family he's from. And today, you know, as I mentioned earlier, John Heyman, from uh, from MLB Network and the New York Daily News, who's voted for for Barry Bonds to be in the Hall of Fame since 2016, saying he believes that Aaron Judge is the home run king. That is why we're here, not because people want to be here. Nobody wants to be here, but that's why we're here. From the three four seven, Josh, the pitchers were juiced, were juiced too. Why isn't Roger in the Hall of Fame? Roger's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. Like, Sammy Sosa's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, Mark McGuire's not in the Hall of Fame because you got these old geezers who cover the sport who think that they know what's best for the Hall of Fame when really nobody gives a damn about those old geezers and who they think should be in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame voting needs an overhaul. It's needed an overhaul for a long time. One more texture from the 779. Why does Josh want all major league players to take steroids? Uh, never said that. Why does Texter from the 779 need to go to an autologist? Never used that word on sports radio until today. We'll check on traffic, wrap, wrap things up next. This is ESPN Honolulu. <laughs> Coming up if you want to win something. I, I'm just I'm now making up the show for you for uh, sports cards and collectibles. If you want to win something, know who was the shortest baseball player ever. Uh, you might win the uh, uh, you might win a prize. You might not. It might not even be asked. Um, I don't even know why I'm getting this anyway. Uh, I we're just getting random records. 
uh, now throwing at us. We're, we're just having fun the last segment on uh, where where the conversation today has turned from. It started with Aaron Judge breaking the home run, uh, the American League home run record. I need to make sure I, I correctly say that the American League home run record. Fear not, everybody. In a couple of years, like I've said, I said yesterday, in a couple of years, we're going to stop calling these American League and National League home run records. We're just going to have one home run record because everybody's playing everybody anyway. So we can stop this fussing about who the real home run leader is because we're going to stop this conversation about going by league. We'll talk about one. And hopefully the nonsense of how we got here, which I've actually kind of had a little bit of fun with today, um, because, you know, when you sit here, how can you not have fun? Um, especially when people don't hear a darn thing you say. How can you not have fun? Take a conversation like that and and, and turn it into something that you can have just kind of uh, fun radio with. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, here here's the the other funny thing about it, which is which I think is great, is that what the people don't ultimately realize is guess who wins baseball regardless of how deep and dark down the alley we go with this steroid conversation from a couple of decades ago guess what baseball wins because even with that we're still talking about baseball and all baseball wants right now in october is to not be forgotten about we're in week five of the NFL. We got teams going to London. We got um, the NBA starting up. And usually this is the time where baseball becomes an afterthought, except for a couple of days here and there where postseason baseball comes into play. People watch the World Series. And then we remind ourselves, oh, it's still on. We're going to go into November this year. Oh, we're still playing? Yeah, blame the strike. Um, but this is this is baseball saying, well, thank you. Because you started a conversation that's actually extended the conversation. And maybe we don't really like the conversation all that much. But guess what? You're spending time talking about us. And at the end of the day, who wins when you do? Steroid-related or not? We do. Because you are still investing a lot of your brain power. You're investing uh, ratings points when you change the channel on your TV through Nielsen ratings. You are, whether you like it or not, you are investing in us. Um, Storyline that we probably should have followed up on a little bit more, though, over the course of the show. Who was the guy that jumped from the railing in the front row in left field who was nowhere close to catching Aaron Judge's home run ball? We know the guy who caught it. Um, the guy who caught it, and we have a little more info on this, works for an investment company, which handles about nine figures of investments. His wife was on the Bachelor series, and um, he's been offered near $2 million for the ball. He doesn't need the $2 million, but if he really wanted to for tax purposes, he could have it, give it up for charity, and have a $2 million tax write-off. Not like I know lots of great things about the tax code. But like Frankie Lasagna in Toronto, the real story we need to do an E60 on is the guy who jumped from the railing who was nowhere close to a baseball and, well, had to be escorted out after half an inning. That is the real inside story.
Hey, don't forget, tomorrow morning at 8, the Rivals Fantasy Football Show, hosted by Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. It is presented by Rivals Sports Bar and Lounge in the Waikiki Malia by Outrigger. And finally, some stumbling blocks for the guys in fantasy football this week leading into week five. I've had stumbling blocks all year. I'll see you tomorrow at 3. This is Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu.